Church, you ready? <laughs> yes? Okay, last year we talked about uh, the focus going, growing deeper. And this year, this focus is called going missional. In case you think that we're done with last year, we're done with growing deeper, we're done with that part of the, 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 the theme of the, the church, and we're now moving on to something else, let me tell you, it's actually two sides of the same thing. So those of us who are married, if you can just take a quick look at your wedding band, put it in front of you right now, all right? If this side is growing deeper, then the other side, now turn over to the other side of your hand, the other side is going missional. At which point does growing deeper end, and at which point does going missional start? Doesn't really start, doesn't really end, does it? It's the same with us. As we grow deeper, we go missional. As we go missional, we grow deeper. So it's not one thing to the other, but they're really two sides of the same thing. And as we go missional this year, we believe that the Lord is gonna help us to grow deeper. And what we learned last year from growing deeper is gonna help us to go missional. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, so let's turn to Pastor Benny. Pastor yeah. Benny, um, what is the biblical basis? Can you share with us, what does the Bible tell us about going missional? That's a, that's a really good question. I think the primary basis for going missionary is really because we serve a missionary God whose desire is that none should perish, but all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul wrote these beautiful words. He says, this is good and pleases, pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be safe and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And the Apostle Peter said the, almost the same thing in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, when he said this, the Lord is not slow in keeping His promises, as some understand slowness, but instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So actually, we serve ascending God. Yeah. You know, a, a God who actually takes the initiative, right, to redeem His creation. So if you remember, Jesus did not wait for us to come to Him, but He actually came to us. The Word became flesh Amen. and dwelleth among us. And I think this is the missioner God that we serve. And this missioner God actually wants to partner with you and I to do what? To reconcile this lost world back to Himself. And that is why he gave us this ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. And I think in the ministry of reconciliation is one ministry that all of us share, you know, whether you are very gifted or otherwise, whether you are an evangelist or, or you are a more pastoral person, we all share this same ministry. It's a ministry of reconciliation. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. I think this is such an important passage, you know, that allow me to read this for you. It says, all this is from God. Uh, maybe we should all read this together, shall we? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's just do this together. Let's read this together. All this, this is from God, God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this ministry, message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, 
be reconciled to God. Amen. You know, my friends, this is one ministry that all of us share, the ministry of reconciliation. And I can tell you, this is not just for the people around us, uh, but also for the, pe- for the nations. And I think Jesus extended this by actually giving us the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. And then this is exactly the reason why in our discipleship model as a church, we say that we want to get people connected, get people equipped, get people uh, mentored, but for what? It is so that in the end, we can release them to go missional. Yeah, no, that's good. So thanks for that. So now that we know the biblical impetus for going missional, maybe some of us are wondering, so what does that mean for me? So how do we go missional as individuals? Yeah, I, I think that going missional is not just about going on a mission trip or just doing a missional project, you know, because the, the truth is this, we can actually do missional stuff without having a missioner heart. Yeah. If you have a missioner heart, you will end up doing missioner stuff. But yes. just because we do missioner stuff does not necessarily mean that we actually have a missioner heart. Yeah. So I think to be missional is all about developing a missioner mindset and living a missioner lifestyle wherever God has planted us, beginning with our homes and then in our, in our schools, our campuses, our workplaces, and then in our neighborhood. Now, you may ask then, uh, what does that look like actually? I think the Bible actually gave us a very good model in Luke chapter 10, verse one to nine. And I thought I want to unpack that a little bit for you. And this is the biblical basis why we end up doing what we do. Okay, so in Luke chapter 10, in verse one to nine, there's this beautiful passage that reads like this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and then he sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And then he told them this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Mm. Then go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, what do you do? First said, peace or shalom to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Mm. Then you stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. But do not move around from house to house. When you enter the town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Then heal the sick who are there, and then you tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. What a passage. You know, this to me is like the prototype of a missions trip of today. It's like God gave us a prototype, you know, of what people should do on mission trips. And you notice that um, Jesus sent out his disciples two by two to any place that he's about to visit. Mm. But notice the first thing he asked them to do was what? To pray. pray. Yeah. yeah, he actually asked them to pray. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm. So what do we do? We actually pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. Now, this is at this point, most of us read this passage, and it is at this point that we all stop, 
And then we all break up in this small group and everybody begin to pray intensely for what? For this, that others will be sent to the few. It's a little bit like, you know, here am I, Lord, send my wife, you know, so that kind of thing. But I think we missed it if we don't read on because the very next verse actually says this. Don't stop there. Mm. Verse three actually goes on to say this. Jesus said, go, I am sending who? I'm you. sending you. <laughs> we are actually the prayers, uh, the answers to our own prayer. Yeah. We are called to be missioner and to go forth. And when we go forth, Jesus said, go without a bag or a purse or sandals. Now, uh, please understand me. Obviously, Jesus is not asking us to be unprepared. That's not the point. I think the point he's making is this, that if God has sent us, then God will provide for us. Amen, yeah. That we can go forth in faith. You don't yeah. need to worry about too many things, you see. And then he says, don't greet anyone along the road. Now, we all know, right? That's, Jesus is not asking us to be unfriendly. How can that be, right? That's not the point. What's the point? The point is this. It's about staying focused. It's about understanding the urgency of the task. Yeah. That when we go out and share the gospel, it is an urgent task. And we need to stay focused. And as we go, trusting God's provision and knowing His timing, you know, as we go, what do we do? The first thing He said we need to do is this. Bless the people. Mm, peace. Peace. Yeah. Because this is what that phrase, peace be upon you. It's a Jewish idiom. Shalom be upon you. It's actually a Jewish way of blessing one another. And it has a lot to teach us then. It actually tells us that when we pray for our non-Christian friends, it's not just about pulling down all kinds of strongholds, hindrances. We need to do that. Yeah. But more than that, we need to bless them. Yeah. Why? Because... Every one of us are born under a curse. How many of you believe that? We're all born under the curse of sin. Now, what is the best way to get rid of a curse? I think it's to go in the opposite spirit. Mm. The best way to get rid of a curse is to bless them. It's a little bit like, you know, uh, if you don't mind, uh, uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, just, just to help you to understand. Let's say you finish doing your business in the toilet. <laughs> What's the best thing to, to get rid of that stuff? It's not to spray perfume, you know. You got to flush it. <laughs> get rid of the root of the problem, you know. It's not just get rid of the smell, but get rid of the root of the problem. If people are born under a curse, we need to overcome it by blessing them. Mm. Go in the opposite spirit. And, and that's how we should pray for people. Not just pull down strongholds, but let's bless them, bless them, bless them. You getting me? Yeah, amen. And then, you know what Jesus said? Jesus went on to say this, you know, stay, eat and drink with them because this speaks of fellowshipping, right? With those that we are seeking to reach out to. It doesn't matter what culture we come from, uh, whether it's Western culture, Asian culture. I, I've noticed one thing. I always thought that only Asian people like to eat. Not true, you know. <laughs> Everybody likes to eat and food always speaks of fellowship. So then, if you really want to fellowship with me, you know what you must do? Pay for your meals. Yeah, buy me lunch. <laughs> and what are we doing? We are actually fellowshipping. Yeah, that's right. Creating relationships, connecting with one another. And as we fellowship with one another, we build relationship over time. And that's why Jesus went on to say, don't rush from house to house. Don't do that. But make time to connect relationally. Yeah. And as we spend more time with the people we are reaching out to, trust is built, right? A safe environment is created. 
And how many of you know, when we begin to feel safe in another person, that's when the things that are deep inside of our heart will begin to come forth. That's right. The needs that we have, we begin to share. Yeah. The struggles that we have, we tell the other person. And that's what we are waiting for. That is the moment we are waiting for to actually show love to people in practical ways. So if they are sick, Jesus said, pray for them. If they are discouraged, encourage them. You know, if they, lack, if they are lacking, you know, find, uh, looking for a job, pray for them to get a job. You know, we, we begin to really reach out and love people practically. Yes. And that, when God shows up and actually meets their need, whether through prayer or through our practical help, He earns us the right to actually do the last thing, which is to declare to them boldly, the kingdom of God has come. Um, yeah. What a model, you know, I think the Lord Jesus has given to us in Luke chapter 10 in order to become missioner. And out of this passage, I've uh, come up with this simple framework of four things that we all need to do in order to be missional. Pray faithfully, connect relationally, you know, meet needs practically, loving them practically, and yep. then earning the right to share boldly the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope we can unpack that in yeah. our connect groups as over the next few weeks. Yeah. Church, um, what Pastor Benny breezed through in five minutes, what we're looking to do in the next few weeks in our connect groups is to unpack it mm. through a series of four episodes where we will spend time uh, interacting through a video with Pastor Benny and myself and together with your connect groups, what does it mean for us to pray faithfully, to connect relationally, mm. to love practically, and to share boldly. So we're looking forward to all of us coming back in our connect groups this coming week and for the weeks to come, and we'll unpack that together. So if you are part of a connect group and you have struggled to make attendance regular, can I suggest that you do not miss this coming series? Yep. So do whatever you can to make sure you're in the room to unpack those four episodes together as a connect group, and we'll learn to go missional together. Yes. Now, if you're not part of a connect group, which I think that describes some of us, or you've not been uh, able to find a connect group, can I suggest that there is no better time to get connected in a connect group? So how do you do so? It's very simple. After this service, turn to your left and go to the Connect Lounge, and one of our volunteers is gonna, is gonna be able to help you to connect to a Connect group, and we're gonna take your contact details, and someone in the team yeah. over this coming week is gonna prioritize connecting you into a Connect group, because we know this is really important for yeah. you, the Connect group, as well as for the church. How many of us say amen to that? Amen. amen. So let's see all of us in the Connect groups, in our Connect groups in this coming week and the weeks to come. Um, so, Pastor. Mm. Uh, you mentioned yeah. what going missional looks like for us as individuals, but how does that look like for us as a church, as FCC? Mm. How are we going missional? Well, for a start, I want to encourage everyone to start at the most basic nucleus, which I think is our family. More than just looking at the church, we start with our family. Start building missional families by practicing the four steps actually at home because discipleship really begins at home. Pray faithfully as a family, not just for ourselves, but begin to pray faithfully for others yeah. that we are seeking to reach out to. Connect relationally around the dinner table with one another, you know. Invite non-Christians uh, to your table. Uh, host missionaries, you know, at home so that your family can get to hear their stories and be inspired 
to live more missionally. And then show love practically towards one another, show love practically towards others. And then together as a family, what about you consider taking on a missional project together? What about giving and uh, maybe even serving together? What about going on a mission trip as a family and, and make a difference out there and begin to be able to preach the gospel actually to the nation? I think yeah. as a family, that's our starting point. Mm. And then as a connect group, we can actually work together then to reach out to our friends. Now, while every one of us are personally responsible to live out the four steps and you know, to, to share the gospel with our family and loved ones, we must also recognize that some of us are particularly good, for example, as ev in invitational evangelists. Now, I know some people, they're not very, uh, when it comes to inviting people, they have such a gift, you know. Like you can invite people to anything. No, you just have that natural gift of rallying and, and getting everybody excited. And they come to my house, come to my house, everybody comes, you know. You just have that gift thing. <laughs> and then there are others of us who are, who, who are just very, um, they're just hospitable people. You know, and, and when you drag the people all to, to the cell group, there are these hospitable people that could reach out to them. And then, but there are those who love to get things organized. So they go organize a lunch, a dinner, whatever they want to do. And then, oh, best of all, are those who are very good at selling. These are the people who like to close the deal, you know. They're the ones that are like, they, they are shameless, you know. They, they sit you down yeah, and say, yeah. no, here's the sports preacher law. And then they <laughs> share the gospel with you and they will press for an answer. You know, do will you receive him now? You know, that kind. And can you imagine if all of us work together in the area of our strength, the whole Connect group can become a combined harvest force Amen. for the Lord. That's right. What do you think? Amen. Some people are just good at inviting. Let them do that part. They will invite people to your Alpha. They are very good at inviting people to their cell, to a service, whatever. And then when they come, those of us who are good in hospitality, let's do our part. Those who are good at organizing, do our part. Then those who are good in sealing the deal, you do your part. And together, we become a combined harvest force. What do you think? I yeah, think we good. could actually work together as a connect group. Then at the zonal level, I think we can also be intentional in sending out mission teams both locally and globally uh, so that we can um, take the gospel to the nation. Awesome. Let, let me pause here. So for those of us who are not sure what a zonal level means, a zone is basically a cluster of connect uh, groups. Yeah. So two, three, four connect groups together yes. uh, become a zone. Yeah. And, and I think if you are in a bigger group like this, a few connect groups together, we could actually take a mission trip, whether locally to, say, Eagles um, uh, Outreach, or you can go to the Impact Youth Armadale, you can even take a trip to Beverly, you know, and it becomes something that we can do together yeah. uh, as a zone. Then as a ministry, there's something else. As a home ministry, that means this is like age group. For example, in Kinetics, our youth, you know, they could do something for schools that the rest of us couldn't do. Uh, vibe in the university, you could do something for the university that the rest of us couldn't do. Mm. You know? And I think we can also work uh, along that line of uh, as a ministry. And the missions department have actually curated a whole basket of missional projects that all of us can engage in, young and old. So yeah. much, you know, so much that we can, we can do. There's, there is indeed a lot that we can do. If we were to go through every single one of them, I think it will take 
maybe the whole day. So what we <laughs> want to do is just to give you a quick highlight of what's, what is available out there. Um, so this year, we're going to mission trips in Japan. We're going to mission trips in Cambodia. There's one coming up in March. There's another one coming in, up in December. We're going to East Timor. We're sending a team to Philippines. And there will be much more opportunities yeah. within WA itself. So how do you find out more? How do you talk to someone about the information that you need? So after service, right outside the doors, there's the mission booth. And the people, um, our volunteers, our amazing leaders in the missions department is going to be able to feed you with their information. Yeah. So you can take it back and pray yeah. and see what God says about going on missions this year. Um, apart from that, there's yeah. something that's also very exciting in the, in the next week. So one of the things that we're looking to do as a church is to actually change one of the walls in the, in the foyer in Williston campus. Yep. So next week when you come back to church, you would be able to see one of the new walls that is developed right next to the playroom. All of us know where the playroom is? As you're coming through the doors of the church, the playroom is somewhere on the right. So we're gonna change one of the walls. We're gonna have a big wall structure that looks something like that. Okay, so it's a four and a half meter by two and a half meter structure that we're gonna build into the wall. What does it mean and why do we do that? It's because we want to fill that wall with a world map made up of wooden cubes to remind us that as we go missional, God is sending us to all the different parts of the world, including WA, to the people on our streets. And so looking at that wall, every time when you come to church, we're gonna get reminded, hey, as a church, we're going missional. And what is special about this wall is that as we are sending out teams, as you are going out there for Eagle City Mission to impact youth Armadale, or you're going to Philippines, Cambodia, wherever you, it might be, we believe that as God sends you, you're gonna make an impact to the people there, amen. Yeah. It's all about sharing God's good news so that people can come to encounter Him. Mm. But you know what? As God is working through you, we believe that God is also gonna be working in you. So what that means is that as you encounter God working through you, you will also see God working in your own life. So we're gonna find that many people, we believe that many people are gonna come back Many of us are gonna come back from those mission activities yeah. with a changed life and with stories to tell. So we don't want you to lose that story. We want to put your story onto the structure. So we have about 200 wooden cubes that will be on that structure. And every time when one of us come back with a story, we're gonna laser engrave your story onto one of those cubes. And as we send teams out, as you bring those stories back, we believe that more and more of that world map is gonna be filled with stories, encounters, and life changes Amen. happening in and amongst us yep. as God sends us to go missional. Hallelujah. How many of us believe that that wall will be filled by the end of the year? Amen. 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 Yeah. Mm. We're talking about 200 plus cubes, 200 plus changed lives mm. as we go out there and encounter God in mission. So yeah. keep a lookout for that. It's really exciting. And we'll tell you more how you can engage in the weeks to come. Mm. So, Pastor, uh, in summary, it sounds like as a church, we're doing a lot. Um, but what fruits do we hope to see mm. by the end of this year? You know, I, I, I strongly believe that one of the key measurements of a healthy church is actually conversion growth. Uh, it's not just about the number of people that are in the church, but it's about conversion growth, not just transfer growth, but conversion growth. And as I look at uh, healthy churches across our city and, and across Australia, there is one church that I, I really like because they measure their 
growth, they measure their growth not by transfer, they measure it strictly by conversion growth. Mm. And looking at them, it's a, I think that a 5% growth in new conversion will be a good target for us to pray into and to work towards a 5% growth. So mm. if we conservatively say that we have about 1,200 adults in the church, youth and adults in the church, then I would think that we should see a conversion growth of about 60. So by the end of 2023, my prayer and hope is that we will have at least 60 new converts in our midst. Yeah. And um, if I were to translate down, that down to, um, to the connect group level, then I would say that across the church, we have about 100 connect groups, okay? A little bit over 100 connect groups. If every connect group in FCC were to grow by one new convert, we will more than exceed the target that we shoot for. Amen. So for easy memory, you know, <laughs> we should be, we work towards one, every connect group having one new convert and that together we are working towards at least 60 new converts in 2023. Now having, so here's a new goalpost huh, for 2023. 60 new converts corporately or one new convert per connect group. Now having said that, then we all know that our job is to sow, our job is to water, but it is God who brings the increase. Amen. And let the Lord, so we just go missioner and we trust God to bring the fruits. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, Pastor, I was with uh, one of the young working adults, Impact CG, on mm. Friday night, and we were unpacking Matthew 13, which is the parable of the sower. And Pastor Amos brought us through that uh, a few weeks ago. Yep. Now, I'm reminded that one of the soils is the, 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 the rocky ground. Mm. So in the rocky ground, in the parable of the rocky ground, um, the Bible says that the word of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ took root in somebody's heart. The person heard it, and immediately the person received it with joy. But when persecution came, when the sun was bearing on it, then, because it had no roots, it began to wither. Mm. So I guess what you're saying is 60 new converts are not just people who say yes to Jesus and then get excited about it, receive with it with joy, mm. but then do not take root, grow yep. deeper, in other words. What we're looking for and what we're praying and believing God for is 60 new converts who will not only say yes to Jesus, mm. but then to be so deeply rooted in Jesus that they know and they, they know in their hearts, they know in their minds that they are saying yes to Jesus for the long haul. Amen. So we believe that 60 people will not only receive Jesus, but they will also grow deeper throughout Amen. the year. Amen. Amen. Church, how many of us think that this is doable? Amen, amen. <laughs> Would you give the Lord a big hand if you think that it's doable? I believe so. Amen. So one new convert in every connect group and as a church, we should see at least 60. Praise mm. the Lord. So uh, after all that said and done, Pastor, where, where, where do we go from here? Where do we start? Uh, I actually believe that this whole journey of going missioner begins on the inside. So it is, it is not just about going on a mission trip or doing something missioner in the year, but it's about having a heart of compassion towards those who are far away from God. Yeah. It's about capturing the heart of God uh, for those who do not know Him. It's about loving people the way that God actually loves us. And I think it takes the Holy Spirit, my friends, to actually be able to give us new eyes to see people far away from God. Yeah. Give us new hearts to feel for them. 
and give us new hands in which we will reach out and we actually serve. And therefore, the best place to really begin is in prayer. Yeah. And that is why our first step is to pray faithfully. Yeah. So I think that's where we should begin. Okay. Praying faithfully is where we begin and praying faithfully is what we will do right now. So on your chairs when you came in church, there should be a reddish card with a pen that looks something like that. Can I have a pen too, KK? Thank you. It should look something like that. So can you hold on to that right now and hold your pen uh, right now on your, on your writing hand. Now if you flip to the white side of the card, you should see a few different words at the top. It says going missional, and on the left-hand side, it starts off with the person. So what we wanna do, church, right now, is to take a few moments, a few minutes, to allow God to move in our hearts and, and, and help us to think of three names that you're gonna intentionally begin to pray for regularly throughout 2023. So think of three names that you can write down as the song is gonna play in a few minutes. And after that, also write down on the next column what your prayer is going to be about. Pray for something specific. Pray for their salvation, yes. Pray for strongholds, bondages, uh, uh, habits that they might have that might stand and become a barrier against the good news. Pray against that. You can write that down. You can also bless them. I want to pray for healing. I want to pray for restoration. I want to pray for reconciliation. You can write those things as well for each person that you're praying for. And finally, the last column is progress. That's where you're gonna keep track of your prayers. Whenever you have a conversation with them throughout the year, as God is moving in their lives and you're hearing change happening, write those progress down. So what that means is, don't just fill up the card and dump it this week. Keep that card in your Bibles, on your tables, next to your bedside, to remind yourself to pray for them regularly and then as you see God working in their life, write that down on the card as well. And we believe that as we pray, God is gonna move in mighty ways. As we said a few weeks ago, when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. So we believe that as we pray, God is gonna begin to do His work. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit more what we're gonna do after that, but as the worship team leads the song, I invite all of us to take some time right now and fill the card as best as you can, and I'll come back to tell us what to do with it. I believe most of us were finished deciding who is gonna be on our cards. Now on the right side of the white part, there is a strip that you can tear out. Before you tear it out, would you transfer the names of the people that you're praying for onto that card right now? So write their names also on the right part of the card. One, two, and three. So let's take a moment and write that down if you haven't already. What we're gonna do is we're gonna ask that once you're ready, tear that strip off the big card like that and separate them. And then take a smaller one and fold it inwards so the red part shows, just like that. So fold it up like that. Now in a few seconds, the staff team and the volunteers will be walking through every aisle to collect all these small cards. Give the small one, don't give the big one, okay? <laughs> the big one you keep, the small one we'll collect in the boxes right now. And the reason why we collect them is because we want to fill up a prayer box that's gonna look like that. 
And every month, once a week, in every month, we're gonna bring that prayer box onto stage and we're gonna lay hands on that prayer box and pray for the names of all the people that you have put on that card and we're gonna pray for them as a church, once a month. So what that means is the names that you give to us will be prayed for, not only by you, but also by the pastors and by the staff members and by the church once a month. We're gonna keep praying until we see God moving. Amen. And then if you miss this opportunity or if you've got more names that you want to fill up over the next few months, feel free to do so and collect the cards from the info counter. You can collect the cards from the info counter after this week, fill it up and give it with our, leave it with our volunteers and we will drop it into the box so we can keep praying for all our friends, our non-Christian friends and our non-Christian loved ones every month. Amen. Congregation, can I invite you to stand uh, together with me? Even though this seems to be a simple act of, uh, but I believe that it's a symbolic act for us to constantly remember that everything begins here in prayer. So as you stretch your hands towards this, you're praying, and together we lift this before the Lord, that as we bring all these friends before the Lord in prayer, God will begin to move in their situation and circumstances. And we join hearts with one another to pray for each other's loved ones, colleagues, friends, fellow students, and we trust God to come and do something that man cannot do. Amen. So as we pray faithfully, and then you take time to connect relationally with these people that you're reaching out to. And then when a felt need arises, we'll be quick to respond to it. And then we earn the right to actually say, this is the God, the kingdom of God has come to you. This is the God that we are talking about. Amen. Amen. So let's stretch our hands towards this castle, representing many, many people. Thank you, Lord. Father, we stand before you as your servants to lift up all these names that are written here. Lord, we don't see them just as names, but we see them as people. Yes. People we care about, our loved ones, our children, our relatives, our colleagues, our fellow students, our friends, people that mean a lot to us. Yeah. But they are lost without you. And so we lift them all before your throne of grace. And we pray that as we continue to pray faithfully, as we take time to connect with them relationally, as we begin to meet felt needs in a practical ways, Lord, you give us those divine opportunities Amen. where we can share with them this wonderful gospel that has so impacted our lives. We want them to also experience it. Yes, God. And so God, we look to you. We will sow, we will water but we trust that you give us fruitfulness. Yes. And so we commit all these names to you. And in Jesus' name, we come against every dark powers that will seek to steal the Word of God away from them. Yeah. Lord, we take a stand against every powers of darkness that will seek to keep them in captivity. Yeah. But we will pray that the scales in their eyes will fall and they'll be able to see the light of your gospel. Yeah. Lord, we pray for those open doors, these opportunities where we can meet them and where we can minister to them in practical ways yes. so that God, the door is open for your gospel to come true. Amen. And so Lord Jesus, we commit all these friends, relatives and loved ones to you. And we continue to trust you for breakthroughs. May all this result in people coming to know you as Lord and Saviour. Yes, and teach all of us to live missionally for you yeah. from this day on. 
In Jesus' name, we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand.